When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Come on, let's all go to the lobby. Because people are staring at us listening to these shows while we're in the theater. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Shana and Zed tweezed me a shiny black square of acid before the start of Friday night sharing. And an hour later... All of Findhorn is glowing and growing, alive with nature spirits. Outrageous roses explode liquid reds and yellows into the snow. Three-foot zucchini and basketball-sized broccoli erupt from volcanoes of sparkly sand. The human characters all seem connected by luminous threads to the earth and the sky. Voices ping and zip and mingle with the previously undetectable low squeaking sounds of plants. And in the distance, the ocean like a giant woolen muffler. All of us together sing a chorus to the great circle of being. Welcome to Reimagined Radio, a program about radio storytelling. I'm Jack Armstrong. With each episode, we combine dialogue, sound effects, and music to engage your listening imagination. This episode is no different, and here to tell you about it is John Barber, producer and host. Thank you, Jack, and hello, everyone. I'm John Barber. This episode of Reimagined Radio is adapted from Figursky at Findhorn on Acid, a hypertext novel published by Richard Holton in 2001 using StorySpace software. With upgrades in computer hardware and operating systems, the StorySpace platform was orphaned. Figursky was unavailable until 2021, when it was reconstituted by Dr. Dini Grigar and her team of researchers at the Electronic Literature Lab at Washington State University, Vancouver. By making Fogersky available for contemporary computers, the L team provided the source for our radio adaptation. Fogersky is called by some electronic literature too big for a single genre. We agree and are excited to share our radio adaptation made with Mr. Holton's help as part of the 20th anniversary celebration for this pioneering work and an interesting storytelling experience for Reimagined Radio. Electronic literature? Hypertext novel? What's he talking about? Hello, I'm Richard Holton, author of Figursky at Findhorn on Acid. 
with some brief notes before we get started. Electronic literature is often characterized by hyperlinks, words that when tapped or clicked lead to connecting or new information. Vygursky at Findhorn on Acid has 2001 hyperlinks that provide many different paths through the story. The path of this radio adaptation follows the three characters of the novel, Frank Vygursky, the no-hands cup flipper, and Fatima Michelle Vyashanje as they converge at Findhorn, Scotland, seeking one, or maybe two, mechanical pigs of incalculable value while stewing in spam, acid, yes, that acid, and wit-slathered repartee. Now that you know the story behind the story, I hope you enjoy listening to our adaptation of Fogursky at Findhorn on Acid, performed by our ensemble of very talented voice actors, The Voices. This path through the story is set at Findhorn, a small fishing village in northern Scotland, and its nearby intentional community, founded in 1962 by Peter and Eileen Caddy and Dorothy McLean. They agreed to use McLean's purported contacts with nature spirits, she called them divas, to help with growing food. Anecdotal accounts of Findhorn including those from the 1981 movie My Dinner with Andre, told of remarkable gardens producing exceptionally large vegetables. When the North Sea winds blow cold, Findhornians gather inside the Universal Hall, handcrafted of local stone and wood and stained glass, symbolically pentagonal, astronomically aligned to be an attractive landing site for extraterrestrials. Good evening, everyone, and welcome. I'm Shauna from Sweden. And I am Zed from Amsterdam. Welcome to Friday Night Sharing. We are the Finhorn ambassadors on duty. Tonight's Friday Night Sharing will be an international talent show. Shauna will sing a little help from my friends. We'll enjoy a big hug from Gudrun of Germany, who does a modern dance interpreting three Gregorian chants. It's crazy, I'm telling you. <laughs> and Zed will do stand-up comedy about winter solstice Zazen. Friday Night Sharing is meant to promote universal consciousness. And we have provided apple almond nectar herbal tea spam on shortbread, and tabs of vinopane acid at the refreshments table. Please help yourself. The acid tonight is especially good, so don't take more than two. I always say, you are either manufacturing darkness through your own inner states of anxiety and fear and separation, or you are creating light and revelation through your abandonment of those past states and your attunement to new ones.
We begin tonight with a guest who has recently arrived from America. Perhaps you have seen him around our community and know that he is shy and quiet. Shana and I tweezed him a tiny square of window pane about an hour ago, so he should be very talkative. Or not. Please welcome Frank Figurski. Frank Figurski spent 21 years in graduate school without completing his PhD. In 1987, he was convicted of second-degree murder with diminished capacity for killing Harvard mathematics professor Quentin Kingsley. After spending six years in the Massachusetts Correctional Institution at Walpole, he was paroled in 1993 at age 48. I kept to myself in prison at Walpole. They called me Egghead, Cuckoo Cajun. Here on the outside, it's like uh, waking up from an orderly dream into a nightmarish chaos. There is no up or down, no right or left. You, you just keep returning to the starting place. And it's time again, the, the one dimension going out in all directions, containing all the others. Welcome to another day at the edge of the 21st century. I'm trying to act normal, trying to follow the action to be a part of the scene. I think you know I found something in the dunes. You probably want it. Maybe it was intended for you, but it just dropped out of the sky is what I think. Wooden crate, partially buried in sand. Pried off a board with a pocket knife. Found inside... Uh, something marvelous. Easy enough to hide. You're used to seeing me carry my duffel around now. Taking up the extra seat beside me. Couldn't share. I didn't want to arouse suspicions by staying alone in the trailer. So here I am. Up on the stage. Feels like I'm drawn here, natural and unnatural at the same time, but I, I wonder if I'm dreaming. Could this be the acid? Here is what I've been carrying around. A mechanical pig. It's mine. Finders keepers, losers weepers. It's a mechanical pig. One of two said to exist in the world. Have you seen the second one? About one meter long, half again high, the mechanical pig was a sophisticated automaton. Figursky alludes to there being two mechanical pigs. The original, designed and built in 1737 by veterinarian engineer Guillermo Rossellini of Venice, was operated by a complex and largely invisible system of hand cranks, gears, pulleys, and clock mechanisms said to comprise 147 moving parts. The result was that the mechanical pig convincingly and accurately walked, blinked, swam, snorted, rooted, digested some of what it was fed, and defecated the remains. He opened a can of Spam from the refreshment table and spooned some into the pig's mouth. 
He turned controls on the pig side and it began to shoot slowly with some of the kind of spam squishing out and dribbling down the shin. Then he worked other controls and the pig defecated all the mushy spam right there on the stage. Oh, it was quite the grand finale. <laughs> Good thing he thought to put newspaper down on the polished wood first. They all just look at me like, is that it then? So as an encore, I have the pig do a little dance. And they applaud courteously as we both walk off the stage and back to my room. Where I hide the mechanical pig. You're listening to Reimagined Radio and our adaptation of Fagursky at Findhorn on Acid, a hypertext novel by Richard Holton. I'm John Barber. So far, this episode has considered, as the novel asks you to do at one point, the connections between the forces of attraction and repulsion at work between mass and or matter, like Fagursky, and curved space-time, like Findhorn. This same focus can be applied to our partner radio program, The Fusebox Show. This is a radio program for everyone, but not everyone will like it. We leave it up to you to make your own decisions about the interesting characters and their observations, responses, and reactions to local events that both stir our imagination and boil our blood. Here's a sample. And whenever you're ready. Hello, folks. Bill Kane's here. If you like fun, frivolity, and folly, tune in to Fusebox for a fantastically fabulous time. Enjoy the zany antics of Timo, the Japanese pocket squirrel, plus other wild and crazy characters who make Fusebox the number two podcast among our family and friends. Fusebox also offers insightful and entertaining interviews with a variety of interesting people living interesting lives that you'll find insightful, entertaining, interesting, and insightful. If not entertaining, but always interesting. Look for us at thefuseboxshow.com. Check out our whiskey mugs, church flask, and other merchandise at the Fusebox store. Teenagers and hippies not admitted without an adult. There, I ought to hold the little sons of Beautiful, well done. Man, I am so glad that's over, bro. Now, uh, once more from the top, uh, I forgot to hit the record button. Oh, for the love of Fusebox. As you heard, the Fusebox show is ear food. Rich in production value, satirical humor, and sometimes outrageous absurdity. The Fusebox show is a prophylactic for these strange and dangerous times. The humor is biting but uplifting. The characters are scary but just who you want to talk to while sitting in a coffee shop or brew pub waiting for whatever comes next. And because it's not for everyone, The Fusebox Show is exactly the program for discerning listeners like yourself. Learn more at the Fusebox Show website, www.thefuseboxshow.com. Everything is there. Full episodes, full disclosures, full grandeur. Listen for episodes on this and other radio stations or subscribe to the Fusebox Show podcast feed at all the usual media spigots. This is Reimagined Radio. 
The voices are performing our adaptation of Fagursky at Findhorn on Acid, a hypertext novel by Richard Holton. So far, we've met Frank Fagursky and his mechanical pig during Friday night sharing in the Universal Hall at Findhorn Park. Let's continue with our story. After his release from prison, Fagursky invested in the bull market. He sold a batch of Microsoft shares in 1997 and devoted his time and effort to finding Rosalini's 1737 mechanical pig. Unfortunately, Rosalini's mechanical pig, along with his drawings and notebooks, and indeed Rosalini himself, were apparently destroyed in a 1752 Rome hotel fire. An uncannily similar automaton, shown at the 1889 Paris exhibition, was later alleged to be a forgery crafted by Dutch puppeteer Gilbert van Geldershot. But Fagursky isn't the only one obsessed with a fully functional porcine automaton. In fact, two determined competitors are at Findhorn on the pig's tail, uh, I mean trail. The first is Nguyen Van To, also known as the No Hands Cup Flipper, who lost both hands as a toddler during the Vietnam War. After immigrating to the United States, he became a talented hacky sack player or footbagger, hired as a busboy at Casa de Fruta outside Gilroy, California. Nguyen spent his free time learning from his boss, the world famous cup flipper, to flip coffee cups becoming adept with both arm stubs as well as his hacky sack trained feet. He took his show on the road for several years. Then, hearing about the alleged regenerative powers of nature spirits to restore lost limbs, the no-hands cup flipper traveled to Finhorn, Scotland. Shanna and Zed squeezed me a shiny black square of acid before the start of Friday night sharing. And an hour later, all of Findhorn is glowing and growing, alive with nature spirits. Outrageous roses explode liquid reds and yellows into the snow. Three-foot zucchinis and basketball-sized broccoli erupt from volcanoes of sparkly sand. The human characters all seem connected by luminous threads to the earth and the sky. Voices ping and zip and mingle with the previously undetectable low squeaking sounds of plants and in the distance, the ocean like a giant woolen muffler. All of us together sing a chorus to the great circle of being. The effects of acid vary widely according to dosage level, personality, and social context, but generally may include increased impact of sensory stimuli such as colors and sounds, 
and attention to normally unnoticed aspects of the environment. Another interesting effect of acid is the sense of time slowing down. Those billowy clouds blanketing the moray firth with polka dot shadows are shapeshifters, a time portal through which all of history seems to unfold. As the sunset bends the light across the dunes, the clouds gather and darken into scenes of giant rose blooms painted in the sky. Next, we present Fatima Michelle Vichanger, female French-Moroccan journalist, who on assignment with L'Express Marrakech, disguised herself as a man, disguising himself as a woman, in order to embed herself with an elite U.S. commando squad allegedly trying to assassinate Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein during the 1991 Persian Gulf War. Subsequently, Using other disguises, Vichanger had briefly possessed Rosalini's 1737 mechanical pig, but she had let it slip through her fingers before tracking it to Findhorn. Shana and Zed welcomed me to Findhorn with apple, almond, nectar, herbal tea, reminding me of my travels among the tribes of the Middle East. The acid was a new twist, and I better develop a plan of action. All right, here it is. Listen to good music. Avoid mirrors and modems. Avoid thoughts about fear of heights, losing control, death, pain, misery. If unpleasant thoughts intrude, try a mantra. Or move physically to a new location. Don't forget to say goodbye to the previous spot. Eat an orange. Study the orange's layers. Move my body at least once an hour but not more than twice an hour. Look around. Don't be in a hurry. The most important thing is to recapture the mechanical peak. Oh, no, it's so crazy. Yes, right after I sang a little help from my friends, that's when the big, crazy American guy, he feeds it some of that. Spam! And the robot pig, how do you say, does its business right on our polished hardwood stage. Spam! Chewed up spam! Fun facts about spam. In the 1990s, according to Hormel Foods, Americans consumed 3.8 cans of spam per second. Hormel recommended Riesling and Gewürztraminer as wine pairings for its processed meat delicacy. Revised plan of action. 
transform identity into undercover revolutionary Algerian freedom fighter, Tanya. As Tanya recaptured the mechanical pig and book passage from Aberdeen to Casablanca on a freighter where no questions will be asked about my baggage or final destination. You should have seen everybody's faces. All right. I am only going to tell you this once. I am not who I seem. According to the CIA, I am an Algerian terrorist, codenamed Tonya. Personally, I prefer revolutionary freedom fighter to international terrorist. Anyway, Vieux Changer is only a cover. As Tanya, I've come to return the mechanical pig to its rightful owners. Oh, excuse me, please. Did you say CIA? I, I was sitting just over there. Uh, I couldn't help but overhear you talking. Acid makes my ears like radar dishes. I hear everything. But I don't always understand. Love your accent. Where are you from? Morocco. I spent my childhood in Fez, the oldest city. My father was French, mother Moroccan. Non-traditional westernized family believing in money as destiny. Private schools, journalism, writing was to be my destiny. What about the CIA? Yes, CIA, a dangerous bunch. Don't make me call them. Why have you come here? To Findhorn? I traveled extensively. First, around the Arab world, researching international mafia operations in my native Morocco. Through that research, I learned of a mechanical pig and tracked it to a Sicilian family compound near West Palm Beach, Florida. Using subterfuge, I was able to obtain the pig. The mechanical pig was taken from me by a Moroccan Mafia hitman with an assault rifle. I have not seen it since. Until tonight, when that American pulled it from his duffel bag. In 1973, as a child in Vietnam, I found a can of American GI Spam. Did not know it had been fashioned by Viet Cong into an explosive device. Lost my hands. In America, I became the no-hands cup flipper. While on tour in Florida, I found a mechanical pig swimming in the intercoastal waterway next to my motel. Soon after, I participated in a medical study of phantom limb syndrome and heard stories about acid rewiring the brain-to-hands connection, if not actually regenerating lost limbs. What did I have to lose? I came to Findhorn early in 1994 with my mechanical pig and hid it under the floorboard of my guest trailer. Now, the acid did not uh, regenerate my hands, but it did expand my mind. 
I left Pindhorn, but could never get the mechanical pig which I left here, or the acid, out of my head. Now I am back. What? Do you mean there are two mechanical pigs here at Findon? Both the Rosellini 1737 original and the Van Gelder shot 1884 near exact duplicate are here? There had been no confirmed sightings in the 20th century of either the original Rosellini or the Van Geldershot mechanical pigs. So, you can imagine Mademoiselle Vichangé's surprise that two mechanical pigs might be within the same space and time she occupied. She was already thinking about the implications for her writing career, the rewards for a story about the legendary pig, uh, not to mention the scoop about both of the remarkable automatons, would be astronomical. You're listening to Reimagined Radio, an R adaptation of Fagursky at Fintorn on Acid, performed by The Voices. I'm John Barber. Well, it seems Fatima Michelle Vouchanger has found her story. And that's the thing about this world, isn't it? It's filled with so many stories. With each episode, Reimagined Radio sets out to share unique and interesting stories that we hope you will enjoy. Just like the Seekers at Findhorn, we're looking forward to the new year. We plan episodes to celebrate the unparalleled radio writing of Lucille Fletcher, the million-dollar radio voice of William Conrad, the interconnections and interplay of three radio dramas produced and broadcast by the same Detroit radio station, a backstory for the War of the Worlds, a context for the fall of the city, and a unique travelogue of a parallel dimension. Next month, please join us for Destination Freedom, a tribute to the historical, cultural, and artistic contributions of black Americans. Our focus will be music, and we will present dramatizations of W.C. Handy, the father of the blues, and Louis Armstrong, who changed the sound of New Orleans jazz music with his trumpet. As demonstrated in this episode, we're upgrading Reimagined Radio all around. The voices bring professional voice acting. New music and cinematic sound bring greater immersion in the stories we share. Premier radio broadcasts and live streaming around the globe bring multiple listening opportunities. There's also on-demand listening at your convenience, interactive social media, and NFT for each episode. Radio storytelling that is entertaining, engaging, and educational. Visit our website, www.reimaginedradio.net, for more information about our upcoming episodes, including background and resources. Well, we've been introduced to all three characters of Fagursky at Findhorn on Acid. Let's continue listening and learn what might happen. Okay, how about this? I have kitchen duty tonight. So, at 
the end of dinner, you convinced me to show off a little cup flipping. I work my way around the room dramatically with several near misses until I'm right in front of Figurski. Now you take this opportunity to sneak out and get the pig from his room. Unless he has moved it. He hasn't. I saw them there after lunch. Just followed the empty spam cans. Right. So I'll just pick up the pig. Assuming I can lift it and... Put them in my room. It's close to his. Here's the key. All right. Wrong. I'll put the pig in my room. You've already got one under your floorboards. Oh, only one problem with that plan. How will you get into his room? With my key. Or yours. They're all the same? Identical. It's in the fine print on the Fiendorn sign-in. It's a community built on trust. Quote, keys offered as a convenience only. Or something. Oh, this will be great! I kept the, him in the dining room as long as I could, but he got suspicious, I guess. Is Frank not a big fan of cup flipping? The community regulars kept asking me for more and more, but he left! I found the pig in his closet. I've eaten under several floppy hats and paisley scarves. It was dusty, but appeared intact and fully operational for my quick test of its controls. I suspect that Figurski's pig may be the Van Gelderschrat forgery, rather than the original Rossellini. But it really doesn't matter. They are both incredibly valuable. He returned to his room before I could get the pig out. I saw him coming across the clearing and knew my only chance was to go out the window. Shana insisted I do a little demo. Show her how to do it with a single cup and saucer. No time to pack out the pig. It's still there, in Figurski's closet. Whoa! The acid goes in waves. Wow, one washes in and takes you away, you're just gone, then you're back for a moment, and you go, wow, what was that? Goodbye, I'm riding up the wave. In the middle of my writing this novel, the characters contacted me directly in a series of emails from Findhorn. Figurski contacted me first on 26 August 1997. He wrote, Hey, don't cut me off now. Keep the acid flowing. I, I, I think I'm building up a tolerance again after taking a few years off could take low or even the medium doses almost every day. I caught the exotic chick from North Africa watching me. She speaks English with a sexy French accent. I replied the next day. I wrote, Tolerance 
and making good first impressions were never among your strong suits, in my humble opinion. Incidentally, you may have something that Ms. Vichanger wants. That same day, I also received an email message from Fatima Michelle Vichanger, which was more personal. She wrote, I am considering writing about Rossellini's legendary 1737 mechanical pig. Such an article would be the first public attention this century, albeit for a very small audience and very late in the century, before it would most likely quickly be forgotten. So perhaps I need to consider exploring as well the fragility and tenuous nature of interpersonal relations, the extent and limits of human interdependence, the role of uh, religion in postmodern society, and the shrinking space available on international flights for carry-on luggage. She went on to say, Richard, Please don't be constructing me as some 70s spokesperson from the counterculture, speaker for the dead, mouthpiece for your own nostalgia. The first time I lay eyes on Frank, it won't be a sympathetical, rebellious spirit that I see, but a big, scary look. My first reaction will likely be to get away from him especially if either of us is taking acid, as you insist we do frequently in these exchanges. In my reply, I wanted to clarify my position as author of this hypertext novel and to address the more meta observations she had shared with me. Fatima, regarding... Constructing me as some spokesperson for the counterculture. Okay, but it does seem from reading your previous publications that you do have views about the movement, etc., that would be of interest to readers of the present work. Next, regarding... A big, scary jerk. I imagine that your initial confrontation with Figursky has already occurred in real time before this message. Down the road, who can say... Now, regarding... Taking drugs, as you insist we do frequently. Surely you are always free to take as much or as little of it as you choose? She replied... Who are you, may I ask, to be speaking for the reader, etc.? Perhaps you are some kind of control freak. A person might ask herself, What the hell am I doing dropping acid and chasing pigs with two bizarre men in Scotland? One place you've gotten it right, though. There's something about that damned Rossellini. A one of a kind? Hmm. A work of art, to be sure. I feel for some reason that I must have it. If I could get it, I might write the great postmodern shaggy dog story for the 1990s. Only this story would be true. Meanwhile, back to my email exchange with Figursky. He replied with an interesting report. About the Algerian, I mean, Moroccan, uh, whatever woman. What's she doing there, watching me out of the side of her vision? Very shifty things. I can't tell. She's spying on me. 
I can get angry when I think people are trying to make a fool of me. If she sticks around this place, I will get a good look at her right in the eye. Fatima sent me an email message the next day about her run-in with Figursky. Your guy, Figursky, is some, how you say, piece of work, all right. He kind of leers at me. We lock eyes. May I say, his pupils are huge. He basically says, Who are you? Long story, monsieur, I tell him. He starts in on this lunatic crap about openings. Openings are the most important part of the body. Openings are the transitions. Openings are the interface between outside and inside. Grand openings are when one opening becomes bigger than life. Zut. You mean orifices, I say the obvious. So why not just say so? And then I add, do you take medication for your bipolar disorder? And that gets him going on another rant about endings and orifices and some mathematical pattern he's got stuck in his brain. So I split. Bail. Boogie. <laughs> oh, I love your American slang. just joined us, this is Reimagined Radio, with our adaptation of Figursky at Findhorn on Acid, a performance featuring the voices. Behind all this character building, a growing influx of eccentric spiritual seekers gathered at Findhorn and fluttered like cosmic moths about the Universal Hall, preparing for the coming of the 21st century. Friends, Friends, these are exciting times. In the new 21st century, aliens will come to us out of a transgravity light warp in the stratosphere. They will hesitate a few milliseconds while scanning the entire accumulated knowledge of humankind. And then they will swoop down and land right atop the Universal Hall where we are all now gathered this glorious evening. Amen, friends. Amen. Amen. And, and brothers and sisters, Bill Gates. Oh, I know, I know, yes, brothers and sisters, I know, Bill Gates despite his wicked and sinful involvement in an Elite International sex trafficking organization will open his public appearances 
by leading audiences in song. That's right. Good God-fearing folks such as yourselves will sing Three Dog Nights hit song Shambhala while Mr. Gates spins off remnants of the old Microsoft into thousands of Baby Bill nonprofit co-ops dedicated to empowering indigenous peoples and women everywhere. Glory to the Heavenly Father. Glory! Amen, my good brothers and sisters. Amen. Academics can't resist popular culture. They want to define, dissect, and detour the creativity of the street along the pathways of their own scholarship, creating a form of rhetorical origami, folding narratives back into themselves, wrapping them in layers and red herrings. And so the academics arrive at Finhorn for the Confederation of Multidisciplinary Automaton Scholars 1997 conference, drawn by Mademoiselle Vichangé's short-lived publication regarding alleged sightings of one, maybe two, mechanical pigs on location. Vygursky and the cup flipper, disguised as college professors, have infiltrated the conference and even offered a paper entitled Orange Sunshine and Fetid Smelling Pellets, colon, subtitle, Ingestion, Digestion, and Excretion as Collective Hallucination in Enlightenment Europe. What's your breakfast? Looks like Spam. With toast and butter if you want the continental breakfast. Spam with mushy peas, Spam or gratin, Spam uh, wrapped with bacon, Spam quiche, Spam and uh, pancakes, and Spam and scrambled eggs if you like a more traditional breakfast. Spam footballs and Spam with stew-cut oatmeal as hot healthy alternatives. And Spam-filled burritos if you just want something quick. Standing at a small table, Figursky and the no-hands cup flipper survey the crowd between bites of bagels and kiwis as they make plans. We have what these suckers are looking for. What? The opportunity to increase the efficiency of our digestive processes by standing and eating? No, the pigs. The mechanical pigs. Everyone here wants to see them, touch them, marvel at their actual existence. What if they want to take away the pigs? We found them, right? They belong to us. <laughs> Let them try. Without our know-how at the controls, these, these pigs are nothing more than metal spam. We have to meet with Wu Shan Shei and decide how to best protect our investment in these uh, mechanical pigs. While the featured speaker at the final banquet droned on about the crucial role of the humanities in lending a critical perspective to rapid advances in technology and 
merger mania globalization. Vygursky, the no-hands cup flipper, and Vyashanje passed a note between their isolated tables confirming their intention to meet on the beach with the mechanical pigs after enjoying the after-dinner refreshments provided by Shana and Zed, the Findhorn ambassadors on duty. I will miss sharing apple almond nectar tea with Shauna and Zaid. Is this the Millennium Party or is it like the end game in chess? The fewer pieces left on the board, the more constrained the moves. Oh, so easy to take a misstep. <gasps> oh, we are in danger of losing our coherence here. Well, in the end game, there's no memory of previous positions. The history of how you got to this scenario is totally irrelevant in terms of playing the present position. So, we agree to fully disassemble Rossellini's 1737 mechanical pig and Van Geldershot's skillful 1884 forgery. Divide the parts equally among ourselves, take them away, and then, after the heat dies down, to rendezvous in November 2000, the hindmost shank of the millennium. Here, at Findhorn, Scotland. Right. From a total of 147 for each pig, that's 49 per pig times two equals 98 parts. Let's be careful not to mix them up. If we are mixing them up on purpose to randomize the reconstruction, what difference does it make? Quick. Does everybody have your one-third of the algorithm down pat? Speak now, or forever literally hold your pieces. We can't risk jumbling the codes when we put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Would anyone really say that? It sounds like you're explaining the plot to some imaginary audience sitting at home listening to their radios. Their chapped ears straining for coherence. No bickering. Remember, we are becoming one. We can be certain only of our own part, if we can even be sure of that. Not how it uh, fits into the whole formula. Let me say that in reassembling these mechanical pigs, we are merging into different components of the same character, taking on aspects of one another's personality. That is really annoying. I refuse to be an interchangeable part. Especially with you two. What the hell did she just say? I am serious. Don't you think this place exudes an effect on you? You say it's the people, not the place. But why are the people drawn here time and again? A particular kind of people. A people? Drawn here? Or are they running away from another place? If they were doing well where they came from, they'd still be there. It might be to their credit that they leave the safety of their routine prisons. 
to try something new, to build something from nothing. Everyone is building something from nothing. It's all we do. It just becomes habit. That's what we used to call an acid insight. How do we tell them apart? Markings we made, signs we left behind, our individual memories each of the others. Monsieur Parit, my fifth grade teacher, said, God is nature's mathematician. Is there beauty in knowing one third of the algorithm? Assuming we can put them back together with the parts all mixed up? All the king's soldiers and all the king's men. Remember at the conference, someone said the Rossellini pig was perhaps constructed from a fictional historical record, which explains why evidence is so skimpy. <laughs> the conference people are paparazzi, totally guessing, while we've got the real McCoys. We got every single section numbered, for Christ's sakes. That must count for something. No way to keep track of them otherwise. Too many possibilities. In my book, we've each got one-third of two sets of equivalent numbers. Let's book them, Dano. <laughs> I'm all mixed up. Randomized. The real test will be what I call the spam test. Oh, no. Not again. What they eat, how they eat it, and how it comes out in the end. You just keep going and going. What are you, the Energizer Bunny? That's not a question, that's a statement. All the questions are statements. Haven't you noticed? I told you, don't get sand in the gears. Don't worry. I'm just winding them up for a final test before we take them apart. These mechanical pigs are not ours. We are custodians. To make them ours, we have to take them apart and put them back together our own way. They will never be ours. If we reconstruct them, they will look identical, but will be different inside. Different inside. Different inside. Huh. You said it all right. And that's where we leave Figursky, on the beach at Finhorn, Scotland, with the No Hands Cup Flipper and Fatima Michelle Vichangé, each wrapped in the warm embrace of acid, gazing upward, watching the sky above, as remnants of ancient worlds or alien spacecrafts blaze brightly, briefly, and then disappear. Behind them, unseen, two mechanical pigs walk away from the campfire and into the sand dunes. Good night, pigs. Enjoy your own adventure. Remember, with a hypertext novel like Figursky at Finhorn on Acid, there are multiple pathways through the story. We've explored one, 
which I hope you've enjoyed. If you'd like to explore others, please visit the web edition of my novel at figurski at finhornonacid.com, produced by the Electronic Literature Lab at Washington State University, Vancouver, directed by Dr. Dini Gregar. Thank you. Well, that was Richard Holton, author of the groundbreaking, award-winning, and mind-bending hypertext novel, Fergersky at Findhorn on Acid. You have listened to a reimagined radio adaptation of that novel in this episode. I'm John Barber. I hope you enjoyed our experiment in radio storytelling, performed for you by The Voices, our dynamic ensemble of voice actors. You heard Richard Holton, who spoke as himself, the author. You also heard Mago Weston as Shauna, Devin James as Zed, Sam A. Mowry as Frank Fergersky, Heath Houghton as Nguyen Van Dow, the no-hands cup flipper, Patricia Blem as Fatima Michelle Vouchanger, Jeff Pollard as the preacher, and Jack Armstrong as our announcer. The script was written by John Barber, Music composition, sound design, and post-production by Mark Rose of Fuse Audio Design. Our presence on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is provided by Regina Carroll Social Media Management. Graphic design by Holly Slocum Design. A special thanks to the team of researchers at the Electronic Literature Lab at Washington State University, Vancouver. Directed by Dr. Dini Grigar, this fine group of digital media artists reconstituted Fergersky at Findhorn on Acid, making it available for contemporary computers after it had laid dormant, lost for nearly 20 years. The Electronic Literature Lab specializes in interactive media and has preserved, archived, and curated more than 3,000 flash and other literary media works in the last decade. This is John Barber, producer and host. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a production of Reimagined Radio. Our radio broadcasts are heard on local, regional, and international community radio stations. For on-demand streaming, point your browsers to our website, Reimagined Radio. That's all one word, no punctuation, dot net. While you're there, subscribe to our snappy email program guide. Thank you so much for listening. And please join us again for another episode of Reimagined Radio, where we'll continue our exploration of radio storytelling. Oh, and uh, keep your eyes up for the pigs. They're, uh, they're out there. Hi there. Are you a fan of all things horror? Yeah, you are? Well, in that case, find Tuesday Terrors, which is the mutual audio feed that comes out on a Tuesday, believe it or not. Shock horror, I know. But if you subscribe there, you'll find amazing horror fiction audio in your player every Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the Mutual Audio Network.
the Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. <laughs>